Cross the Streams Podcast, Kip here, uh, taping today's Thursday, October 7th, coming off, is, is there anything like playoff baseball? And this is coming from a basketball coach and a lifelong football basketball loyalist, right? But bay, playoff baseball, and this probably speaks purely to my Dodgers fandom, playoff baseball is insanely stressful. Playoff baseball is exhausting. Playoff baseball, every pitch, every mano y mano, pitcher versus batter, feels like the end-all, be-all of that particular moment. It's insane. Uh, last night, the Dodgers survived a wild-card round win, a walk-off home run from Chris Taylor at the bottom of the ninth. They win 3-1, to one, beat the Cardinals, and if you were my family, all four of the other members of my family, you had to deal with me walking around, pacing in the living room in front of the TV with my Mookie, Mookie Betts t-shirt jersey on. And luckily for them, right, the, the it went the right way, and I was euphoric and delirious with glee uh, that could easily flip the other way in these upcoming games. But uh, I'm taping today with some juice, with some energy. I was hoping to get a useless full information series done with Coach Martino, Coach Jack Martino, who's been on that so many times with me. Um, but I, I just don't know if our schedules are line up today. We did talk last night. Um, he's a huge Giants fan, has been his whole life. Obviously, I'm a Dodger fan. So this is the first time ever the Dodgers and the Giants are going to play in the postseason. I don't know if either one of us is ready for it. Uh, we're trying to figure out how we can watch one of them together. But is that really a good idea for a Dodger and Giants fan to watch it together? We don't know. Uh, we'll try to figure it out. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. But today, I do. The, the title of the episode is called "Diminishing Me for We." And you know, I'm always thinking of what are some catchy phrases that are easily hashtagable but encompass everything I want to talk about it. And today, I'm really going to harp in on some of the things that I don't think, you know, I've said it many times on this podcast, we're all masters in the making, which means we have to always remain students engaging. Uh, so, you know, we're going into a topic today that was sparked by something I saw on Twitter from somebody I follow that it's a huge component um, of, of healthy manhood and remaking the ideas we hold about being a man and, and how we can become more as men. Um, author Mark Green and at Remaking Manhood on Twitter, if you haven't followed him. So I want to dive into some something he posted, you know, a meme slash graphic that was easily digestible and, and kind of take you guys through where it took my mind um, and get you thinking today in a little short version across the streams. We'll get into that here in a minute. All right, we're back. Uh, I'll, I'll post this with the uh, podcast episode artworks. So you can see it as well. But but the graphic from from Mark Green at Remaking Manhood, um, the battle men are engaged in is this: healthy masculinity versus male supremacy. Every single man will have to pick one or the other. They are mutually exclusive. Uh, and it really stuck with me. You know, number one, I absolutely agree with it. And, and it took me, my brain, in a lot of different ways. And you guys can picture me driving in the minivan. I've taken the kids somewhere or Kelly and I are split duty, dropping them off between all the places they need to be. And I, I like my podcasts. Uh, I like to be, I enjoy curiosity and, and chasing a new thought, a new way to look at something. Um, but in the work I do, you know, in teams of men, my business, creating, executing, and assessing healthy manhood curriculum for players and coaches across the country, uh, you know, we work with colleges, we're working with football teams, basketball teams, soccer teams, lacrosse teams, high schools. Um, and obviously it's, it's rooted in the work I've done at Willamette University with my men's basketball program for a decade. But one of the first roadblocks objections we experience in the work of driving a healthier manhood is really rooted in, in what uh, Mark Green put in this. Um, men experience a session of ours, whether it's a, a dialogue, a conversation, a chapter we suggest to read, a, you know, in the case of my players, I make them read a video 
video, a documentary we, we watch, and they're impacted, you know, by the information, the speakers, the, the, the trials, the, the testimonials, whatever it may be. Their, their heart is impacted, okay? It speeds up, it starts to feel, uh, and it brings up questions about their reality. The, their own heart is thumping and it's asking them, hey, man, is that us? Hey, is that, is that who we are? Is that who we want to be? But that's when, in my experience, their brain kicks in and executes the social scripts that it's latched onto since being indoctrinated at age three, four, five, and says, wait a minute, heart, if we buy into this idea, if I buy into this idea of finding, of choosing healthy masculinity instead of male supremacy, I'm going to be less. I'm going to be diminished. And I can't stand for this. As your brain, I'm telling you what we've learned from all the men and the groups of men we've experienced over the socialization of our beliefs about men, we cannot be less. We cannot be diminished. And what that really translates to is I'm going to give away some power and I don't want to. Uh, And when I say power, I'm not referring to physical tonnage a man can lift, press, swing around. And although, you know, we'll um, go after each other if there's a certain poundage we can't do in the weight room. And I know I'm a coach. I know the functional need of strength on the court, on the field. But also, I also know how we like to do bicep curls and try to impress each other in supposedly women with how big the veins in our biceps are. In some aspects, I'm not solely referring to the power men hold in terms of title or position, although we know the patriarchy and the nature of our setup has given men access to those positions that it hasn't been given to women. Uh, But I'm not strictly speaking to just those types of power, tonnage you can lift, title position that you hold in your profession or maybe even in your household. I think the first place men are terrified to give back power is in the area of give a damn or concern. Okay, so yes, in terms of giving back power, they, they're concerned about their position and their title and their boss status or their physical prowess. But I also think it's it's more importantly what I see is in give a damn or concern. The way a ton of men are brought up and socialized, they are given license and expected to so focus solely on the achievement of status for themselves the money they earn, the women they conquer, the sport they play and the championships they win, the title on their desk. And along the way, they're taught that any feelings or care towards other is worthless because it distracts from their accomplishment. Anything that prevents them from their quest to become the best in whatever avenue they choose is beneath them. They do not have time for tears. They do not have time for someone else's emotions, for the plight of others. And every time a man or a young boy show an inkling of thought towards another or towards something not on their path to glory, society comes along and course corrects them. Okay? No, you don't have time for that. That's not in evaluated. It's not towards your, your goal, your supremacy. Get rid of it. You don't have time for it. Um, the same dynamic assigns all the caretaking then, that the men are not supposed to do, that assigns all the caretaking in the world to women. It tells men to expect all the women in their lives to have the menial task of support, nurturing, and pausing their own ambition to help their husband, brother, son achieve his rightful glory. This is why I love uh, Matt Brown in in the New Zealand outfit, Um, She Is Not Your Rehab, because this is what society tells us as men to do, is assign all of these things that we don't have time for. Give a damn and concern. Assign it to her. She'll fix it. You go about your focus and your path. This power then shows up in multiple ways. Um, Most notably, time allocation. 
Because if you have license to not give a damn or concern, like men are given 24 hours a day to chase their quest, while women are expected to keep their 24 hours open to the needs of others, particularly the partner in their life, the men in their life, husband, boyfriend, son, father, brother, uh, in exposure to a healthier manhood via the work we do with Teams of Men, uh, via remaking manhood, a call to men, all the people that are doing this work. Men, I immediately, are it's, oh, their eyes are open to this difference in time allocation and the power of give a damn uh, and the freedom of not having to. And they ID that as a threat to their freedom because they'd have to give time from their quest to glory to others. And when they feel that idea, their heart is in and their brain says, nope, that's not what we're supposed to do. When we show them, those of us in, in, in the work, that they have capacity to feel, that they had capacity to engage with things like love, failure, trauma, their heart jumps at this thought. Remember, I don't believe that you are born as a man with less capacity for emotion or feeling. You have the same. Okay? Your heart's jumping to give and be part of others. But their brain performs some quick calculations, realizes this might cause them to surrender their never-ending quest to conquer. And we get pushback right there in the meeting, right there in attitude, eye rolls, uh, words, right? We get pushback. Their peer groups... Uh, most likely weigh in on what they've learned or what they tell them they did in the work. Uh, and then they laugh at them or attack their manhood when they mention any part of what we might in Teams of Men or these other great groups that do the work might have taught them or asked them to consider. The peer groups push back. The socialization kicks in again. Even worse, they anticipate, these men anticipate that if I bring this up, that assault from my friends, my group of friends is coming. And so then they stay silent. They don't even bring up the chapter they read or the discussion points they had about a video they watched. The place where change is most needed to happen, teams of men, groups of men together, in the bus, in the bars, in your houses, at a barbecue, in a game, sitting next to each other, bars the door to any thoughts or discussion, and we end up right back at square one, where the men are regurgitating each, their, these things to each other um, that reinforce the socialization of conquest. Uh, we are men. We have no such time for trivial things such as emotional fluency, relationships, or feelings. We're on a quest to be the best at the expense of anything or anyone else. And if you argue different, you're trying to strip me of my natural inclination to dominate. But I disagree. We can be more men listening to the podcast. Women, you can expect more of the men in your life if you're listening to the podcast. I can find fulfillment in helping you find yours. This, there isn't a cosmic scale weighing my trophies versus yours and we have to immediately throw everything on that scale when we meet each other or around each other there doesn't have to be a me versus you it really can be us uh, and the power in the releasing um, of some of this burden of conquest but also the releasing of women from this plight of having to prop us up as we chase imagine the us we can create imagine the us people could be if we freed ourselves from this thought of dominance only so that's, I, I really want to once again stress, this is all from At Remaking Manhood, a great graphic they put up. Search them up on Twitter, on Instagram. The battle men are engaged in is healthy masculinity versus male supremacy. Every single man will have to pick one or the other. They are mutually exclusive. And healthy masculinity means being about more than you. And I couldn't agree more. Cross the Streams Podcast. Content Reminder. The opinions expressed on today's episode are those of the hosts and guests alone and should not be viewed as reflective of the opinions of the institutions or employers of the hosts and guests.